Hi everyone, we're Exotica Affairs. I'm Angela and I have here with me Phoebe. And this is our official launch of our new podcast channel, Narratives of Asia. Our theme for this week, will be looking into the coronavirus outbreak and its social impact. I'm sure it won't be news to anyone of the racist attack which happened to Jonathan Mock on the 24th of February, when he was attacked by two teenagers on the streets of London, not too far from UCL, on what was coined a racially aggravated attack. We not only want to use this opportunity to show solidarity to him, but also to others whom we might know have had similar experiences, and also touch base with and raise discussion over the racism and xenophobia towards Asians that have so evidently increased as a result of the coronavirus outbreak. But before we launch into more interesting stuff, we just want to let everyone know about our society, Asiatic Affairs, who we are and what we do. Um, yep, so hi guys, I'm Phoebe, um, I'm the president of Asiatic Affairs, um, and what we, what we set out to do is that we want to create a platform for everyone who's interested in what's going on in Asia, um, so kind of a more academic slant to it instead of a social one, mm-hmm. which I believe in UCL we already have a lot of societies yeah, that cater sure. to social needs, but ours is more kind of analysis mm-hmm. of current affairs and trends. Um, so, for example, our now cancelled event uh-huh. uh, because of coronavirus was supposed to be on the rise of Hindu nationalism mm-hmm. in India. So, mm-hmm. as you can see, more academic approach, but definitely also looking at social trends, like what we're going to do in the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so here we are today with Eugene Lee, uh, a first year law student at UCL. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, cool. Yeah. yeah. So, tell us a bit more about yourself. Mm-hmm. So, um, I have a really interesting background. I do only have a Korean family, but Mm -hmm. I was born in America. And because of my dad's job, I've lived in um, Asia most of my life. Uh, Korea, then Indonesia, then Japan, then Singapore, then here. So uni has been the first time where pretty much I'm in the minority category because I go outside and there's not a lot of people who look like me. Mm -hmm. And... London's pretty much like the first time where I could go into the tube or I could go into the bus and I could mm-hmm. be the only Asian person. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, but like, where have you lived? What languages do you speak? Um, I like all those places I just <laughs> yeah. mentioned, uh, yeah. Japan, Korea, Indonesia, uh-huh. Singapore, America. Mm-hmm. Um, Is I'm, there one that you particularly identify with and you kind of call home? Or are yeah. they all kind of... Oof, I think um, culturally... I definitely have a mix of Korean American influences. Mm-hmm. I did grow up in Korea when K-pop was just starting off. Yeah, good time. and <laughs> yes, and I go back to Seoul quite often to keep in touch with my family because the majority of my family still lives there. But I think politically and academically, I've been to mainly American schools, so a lot of the stuff that I consume now mm-hmm. is very American. Mm-hmm. But I still speak Korean. I still message my family through Kakao Talk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think like, yeah, pretty much like a mix of Korean and American and maybe stuff I picked up from Japan and Singapore and Indonesia on the side. Oh, I see. So very like multicultural background and like yeah. upbringing. So, but recently we've been seeing a lot of posts um, on UCL Love also like in the media surrounding issues about coronavirus and also the increase in racism and xenophobia. Um, towards Asians. Have you experienced any of these encounters yourself? Mm-hmm. Even before the virus, I realized that, um, especially if you come out of central London, zone one, there is a lot of passive racism that you get as an Asian person. So just to give an example, I volunteer at a drama school on Saturdays. And the first day I went, I was in uh, zone two, so mm-hmm. outside of central London. And I happened to be the only Asian volunteer. Um, and um, 
during lunchtime, I ran into another volunteer who also happened to be Asian. I've never met him before. Mm-hmm. He turned out to be a UCL economics student. So we were talking and uh, one of the teachers came up to us uh, and she was Caucasian and she was like, oh, um, are you guys dating? And we were like, what? no, we what an assumption. <laughs> I yeah. So, so wow. it gets it gets so much worse. So I told her, oh no, uh, we just met, and I was going to say that, but then the guy thought it'd be funny to say we're related oh, since since the, since since the kids that uh, I was volunteering to take care of, they none of them were Asian, so they assumed that the moment he entered the room that we were related. Mm. Now that can be excused because they're kids and mm. they don't know. But this was a, like a 40-year-old Asian woman, sorry, Caucasian yeah. woman, assuming that an Asian man and Asian woman must either be dating or related. Or related. Yeah. So when the guy <laughs> said, oh, actually, uh, we're related, the woman laughed and said, oh, I, I thought that, but I didn't want to be racist. Oh, and wow. I just thought, that's kind wow. Of, that's kind of messed up because she... The fact that she said, I don't want to be racist, that means that it's crossed her mind that this subconsciously could come it came through as, as racism. Yeah. Right. But like, there's many degrees of racism. So hers was, I think, like very much like prejudice that was inside her head, but mm-hmm. she didn't want to speak it. Yeah. And so when we were like, oh, actually, we're related, that kind of gave her a gateway to be like, mm-hmm. oh, I actually thought you were related, but I didn't want to be racist. So there were things like that. Or uh, if I'm traveling back uh, on a late night with a friend, I did, I have had people call me a chink which is Yikes. you know yeah. which is which is a huge racial slur was this quite so, recent or was it like quite... this one was i think like during like winter time so like oh, okay. 2019 mm-hmm. but like they were drunk and i think they were uh probably uneducated i don't know it, it was very hard to tell but they were harassing just everyone on the tube oh, not just okay. me but they were targeting everyone mm-hmm. but it's was... just because i talked back to them they felt it was okay to call me a chink mm. so um i had to get off the tube before it escalated so i've had instances like that but i definitely do feel that because of the coronavirus it's yeah. it's gotten a lot more apparent because mm. i think the interesting thing about us being asian is that we are a minority but not in the same sense as other people so Based, there is a term they use to describe us, which is model minority. Mm-hmm. So we're the minority, but we're not too different, especially in countries like America. Asians have been painted as being like the minority that everyone wants because mm-hmm. they're associated with higher earnings. They're usually going to be expats instead of immigrants, even though technically at the definition level, they're mm-hmm. the same. Um, the idea is that we're respectable. We make our money. We mm-hmm. stay quiet. That's kind of the conception that is around Asians so it's always been interesting that we've been in the minority category but never really at least for myself never really experienced like the aggressive side of racism Uh, the kind of racism I experienced was like oh you're Korean you must be good at math yeah no or like oh like oh you all look the same like that type of stuff Mm. which is harmful of course but it's not the same as, um, for Physical example, violence. right, or people who are black who, from the yeah. moment they enter a school, kids touch their arm and go, "Why does your skin look like that?" Like you've never had to mm-hmm. experience that as an Asian, but then because of the coronavirus, I kind of see like the more underlying stuff that people were mm-hmm. hiding away, like the fact that like um, Asians are dirty, we must all be from China, and yeah. we must all carry the virus. All this stuff mm-hmm. has boiled to the front. 
and it's been a, quite a thing to adjust to because mm-hmm. I'm so used to getting like the subverted type like of passive, racism, kind of right? Bit, as like, as the something. model minority, yeah. mm-hmm. but um, now it's very aggressive. I was passing um, um, an alleyway in mm-hmm. Bloomsbury to get to the student center, oh, yeah. and this guy honked at me and my friend who's Singaporean, mm-hmm. and um, he rolled down his window and he yelled "Corona, Corona," and then he drove away. What was this today or like? Just this sick? was a week ago. Okay, so that was that's quite recent then, isn't yeah, it? Uh, that was very recent, and that definitely shocked me. Uh, my friend yeah. thought it was funny. I, really? That's interesting. Because she was trying to find the humor in it. But mm-hmm. I think when you get yelled things like that, you kind of have different ways of Do dealing you? with it. Mm-hmm. So my friend chose a humor route. route. Mm-hmm. I was just more shocked. Yeah. And then sure. I sat with I it and then, I got, actually. and then I got really angry. I just didn't Definitely. think it was going to happen in Bloomsbury because yeah. there's so many Asian students here. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, that's new <laughs> yeah but that, that no that's really good because we were, we're trying to do a comparison on like kind of the racism felt before coronavirus and how it's like heightened or like in fact like worsened in a way like yeah. um as a result of the coronavirus but like from these experiences that you've had especially with what happened last week like how have these impacted you do you think it definitely makes me a lot more scared to go outside mm-hmm. because okay. i know i've been noticing that and now because a lot of the asian students have flown back home yeah. now more than ever like i'm the only asian student in a building yeah. or on a bus or in a tube and um if i don't speak people assume that i'm from china mm-hmm. and so i've noticed that people kind of give me looks or they'll yeah. switch seats they won't expressly say anything most of the time mm-hmm. Um, so that's been something to adjust to, and so are you kind of more like wary of all like the really subtle action that people might um do as a result of like you being in the room with them, or is it more like are you kind of uh afraid of physical confrontation, a bit like what happened with Jonathan? I think that because I actually heard that there was a similar incident with a girl in Birmingham who was trying to defend her friend who was being racially like kind of labeled because mm-hmm. she her friend happened to be Asian and. Mm-hmm. The friend who defended her got uh, beaten like severely, and that's terrifying in itself. Cause I always thought like, oh, obviously there's different degrees of like how much you're in danger. I always thought that you know, as girls, like we're we would be less targeted in terms of racial attacks. Mm-hmm. But I guess the attack in Birmingham shows like it really doesn't matter no. at this point. Like it could be anyone. Mm. Okay. Um. I was just wondering, actually, how do your parents feel about it? Because obviously, we've seen on UC Love, I think someone posted something that um, they were speaking to their grandparents, and what they said was that, you know, the grandparents advised her to just keep her head down. If any any racist incident happens, just keep her head down. You know, you're, you're helpless, you're a minority in this country. Mm-hmm. So just kind of take it, you know, and don't fight back because at the end of the day, you lose out. Like, what do you say to that? It's really hard because mm-hmm. as a law student, I know like how, like, it's just so difficult because I think on one hand, um, a lot of people blame the victims of such attacks and they say, why didn't you fight back? Why didn't you say anything? But you're, you are in such a vulnerable position, especially if it's these tall white men. And if you're like a small Asian girl, you're, you're really outweighed in, in every mm-hmm. sense of the yeah. word. So at the moment, you know, your brain freezes and you don't really know what to say. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, I think everyone deals with it differently. Thing is like, I've always been very out there. I've always <laughs> been a very confident, very loud type of person. So, so when I get, um, 
even before the virus, like when people would yell like chank at me or people would say racist things, like I would never really let it go. Mm-hmm. I would say something sassy back, maybe roast them, or um, I would kind of, you know, put in a joke to like kind of condemn them, but also not make the mood too serious because mm-hmm. then it could aggravate them even more. Mm-hmm. But that's, I think, it really depends on the personality. I don't want to say, oh, and like if you don't speak out, you're a coward because that's quite a burden to put on exactly. people. But at the same time, if you don't speak out, you're kind of allowing it to happen. And yes, you could put yourself in danger, but I think it really depends on the way you handle yourself. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, already Asian, especially Asian girls, we're looked as being submissive. We're, we're looked yeah. as being quiet. Like if you look, if you out. look at like the famous Asian characters, we're we're all <laughs> quiet. We're all the same. We just yeah. kind of follow what men do, or we just kind of let other people tell us yeah. what to do. And so I think we get severely underestimated that way. So mm-hmm. I've noticed that when I actually speak back and, I'm, and I say something sassy or I or condemn them, yeah. they actually get surprised. And most of the time, they, I haven't had like an actual like aggressive response. It's been more like, oh, okay. <laughs> she speaks. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, I mean, but again, like don't go out your way if you feel like you're going to be in danger. That's true. It's, every time I've spoken back, I've had people around me. It's been like a full tube or okay. it's been a full room. So you do take into consideration your circumstances that you're in. Of course, because mm-hmm. um, you can't get anywhere if you're going to be putting yourself at risk in every single time. For sure. Definitely. So. Mm-hmm. Completely. But also, I think it plays really nicely into how you mentioned about model minorities mm-hmm. and the fact that because Asians um, in our culture, perhaps it, I could say that most of us are quite submissive. Most of us don't want to start mm. apart. Nothing much happens. I don't know what when you say that. I just think of Mulan. I'm like, I'm like. Oh, then yeah, then you got yeah. like contrast there, haven't yeah, you? But you do. so it it kind of do you think it play it plays both ways in the, in the sense that, um, you know, people think that they can be racist to us because they don't expect us to fight back. I do think that's part of it. Yeah, and because we see uh, a lot of Asian people in that's maybe not like positions of power. But, you know, a lot of Asian countries, they're very well off. Like, um, there's, like, a lot of fan bases. Like, for example, in Korea, like, K-pop and K-drama, there's a massive fan base that's outside of Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, with Japan, there's a lot of people who love their anime and their J-pop. There's been a lot of, I think, culture diffusion from Asia. So a lot of people are already, like, used to seeing Asian faces. Mm-hmm. And because of, like, the pure amount of population in Asia, I also think, like, we're also spread out that people you know, are, are used to looking at us, so they're not going to say anything outright. But it's when incidents like this that, like, the little conceptions that they've had since birth or kind of what they assume we're like based off of media starts playing into, mm. I think, how they act because mm. you're not... you're. I never think that they're going to um, basically attack us if they're... If we're just kind of living our life, because people don't like to interact with people who are that different. Like I was, true. a lot of communities, they stay secluded, yeah. and so people get the idea that oh, um, an Asian must look like this, and an English person must look like this, and they don't know that there's actually a lot of intermixing. Mm-hmm. 
but um now because we've kind of been pushed to the forefront like asian people can no longer really hide if you think about it because like <laughs> if you if you if you wear a mask then people are going to assume you have it and yeah. then run away if you're not wearing a mask then people are going to assume you have it and you're mm-hmm. trying to infect other people yeah. so there's literally no way you of winning win. yeah. you really can't but like you said i mentioned about the mask and people wearing masks and things like that and also mentioning about media do you personally think that the media currently have like perpetuated the entire situation whereby racism and xenophobia has yeah. really increased because um i'm not sure if you saw online there was i think when the first case in new york um was reported um the new york post or new york times i can't remember one of the news outlets there they um, they posted a picture um, of a Asian man wearing a mask um, when they reported the first case of coronavirus in New York, but in actuality, it was a woman who had flown to Iran who got it. So just kind of the irresponsibility, I guess, uh, the negligence of um, media outlets in kind of painting Asians as the cause of this virus. Do you think that has anything to do with it? I definitely think so. I don't think it can be underestimated how important media is. I think that's been, especially for uh, Americans, like, mm-hmm. I'm just, I, like... The reaction to <laughs> that has been really the, the, strong. Yeah, um, if you look at, like, the way that the 2016 election played out, a lot of the reason why Trump won was because even the news outlets who weren't supporting him, like CNN, they would play his speeches on full Mm -hmm. so he got a lot of exposure from that even if it was negative even if it was just a headline or just a photo spread people saw his face everywhere Mm -hmm. so that just shows you like the pure amount like even bad publicity sometimes can be really good publicity so because nowadays everyone gets their news from facebook or instagram or from mouth to mouth or even memes it's easier than ever to just read two sentences off of a quote-unquote credible news mm-hmm. site and just kind of postered everywhere and um it's very much a competitive market i think in media because you want to get the most amount of clicks mm-hmm. with the most yeah, amount of subscriptions sure. you want your article to be everywhere you want it to be talked about in news articles you want Headlines, senators and presidents to mention it so i think um the media has always prioritized kind of the convenience mm-hmm. and their economic value over the truth unfortunately mm-hmm. yeah. and this has just been kind of great for them it's been great for the media it's been great for suppliers who can jack up the prices it's just um it is upsetting though to see that um people with so much power whether that be media or politicians to not do their proper research or to care more about putting out a response quickly Mm -hmm. than putting out a correct response yeah it really upsets me to see that or like the entire response and how it's played out but also do you think there's anything that we can do as individuals to kind of help um others around us like understand the, the situation and the severity of it and how this is like this shouldn't be tolerated the racism and xenophobia towards asians yeah because just like what you said just now you know if individually and in, if you're in a situation where you feel threatened there's nothing much you can do mm-hmm. if let's say they are physically bigger you're obviously scared for your safety so do you think there's anything we can do well first thing that i really think should be done is we need to uh detach the label of coronavirus from just asians sure. like you guys said because people think that oh it's uh, it's like only asians have it and it's gonna affect me because i'm not asian like that's kind of like the narrative that's being played like out mm-hmm. right but mm-hmm. people forget that um it's not a scary time just for asians mm-hmm. but it's also a scary time for people who live with their families and they don't know if they can go back because they might pass it on to maybe their grandparents who they live Mm -hmm. with it's a scary time for people who have severe medical conditions or who don't have a good immune system who need these medical equipments but they're being bought out in stock or people who don't need them are buying them so Mm -hmm. they can get access to 
the, the, the life-saving equipment. It's a scary time for international students who have been landlocked in their country or students who were relying on exams this year to get certain job offers. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's, it's just a sucky time for everyone. So mm-hmm. I would want people to stop thinking about like how really it's affecting you but think about other people because i think another big part of it is privilege Mm -hmm. and obviously that's something that a lot of people don't like to talk about Mm -hmm. but even though i'm asian and i've had those racist comments at the end of the day i'm incredibly privileged i come from a well-off family Mm -hmm. um i've lived most of my life in asia so around people who look like me so Mm -hmm. Even if I go back home, like, I'm not at risk of getting even more racist attacks. Well, that's not true for some people who maybe live in Europe and they're Asian. And also, I have an American accent. I have Mm -hmm. a very thick American accent. So Mm -hmm. when I speak in a room, I notice people, like, starting to relax because they assume that I've lived in America most of my life. But, for example, my friends who are from Singapore, Malaysia, they have a thick southeastern accent. People are going to associate that more with, like, you immediately have the virus. So kind of think firstly about what privileges you have and kind of realize like it might be bad for you, but it could be worse for other people. But at the same time, like be kind to everyone. Realize that it's not just a you problem. It's affecting everyone, Asian or not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I that's not to minimize like the horrors that Asian people are going through, but I'm just simply asking people whether related to the coronavirus or a lot like we're all born with so many privileges Mm -hmm. and no matter how bad it is please realize your privilege and use it to speak out because you know whether it's just because you're born with american accent or because you're from a wealthy family so you can afford all this equipment like just take conscious decisions every day taking into account your privilege so if your friend who has a thick Malaysian accent wants to go out you could accompany them for a mm-hmm, night mm-hmm. that way there's probably going to be less of a likelihood that someone's going to come up and try to harass your friend if you're thinking of going to Tesco or Waitrose <laughs> to get food you know don't stockpile everything that's their, true their families about other need people it as well. obviously so take mm-hmm. care of yourself but more importantly take care of yourself in relation to others yeah no, that's that's a really good point. That's actually a really good point to end on. Actually, Definitely. we've spoken a lot. We've spoken a lot today. <laughs> we've spoken about um the upbringing, um upbringing, and how um kind of the perception and also the racist racist encounters that we've had ourselves kind of changed other times. Like, but like like you said, it used to be more passive, more internalized, just mm-hmm. more just like a comment here and there. But actually, like because now of, it's just more in your face. Yeah, because mm-hmm. of the media as well, like the um, perpetuation by the media has right. kind of escalated to another level. It's now more aggressive, and people are getting more like afraid. Well, mm-hmm. this is the thing. Like, does this race, this increase in racism and xenophobia towards Asians has actually changed quite a lot of I say our, but also a lot of other people's perceptions on society. And I think also because right now, um, you know, a lot of Asians they're more they're braver to speak out as compared to in mm-hmm. the past because yeah. maybe right now um asians overseas are more economically well off mm-hmm. or they they don't they see that they see the need to speak out just like you know what we're doing right here so definitely it's i think it's also the generational change as well yeah changes in attitude mm-hmm. changes in social behavior all of that like very 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 relevant and very like much needed to be, to be publicized and set out there and so people know um, but yeah, that's that's really good. That's a wrap. Um, so thank you, Yojin, for coming in um, no and problem. joining thank us here you. today. Yeah.
Um, so this this is one that's very much very close to the heart. Yeah. Especially coming from an Asian background, I think Definitely. we all relate in some level. Like I've personally had some racist encounters. Me I know you well. have as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, we we very much would use like to use this platform to support anyone, everyone out there that may have had similar experiences. If you want your voices to be heard and concerns like heard, you're welcome to reach out to us, Asiatic yeah. Affairs, through any of our social media Facebook, platforms, Instagram, everything. Mm-hmm. Just message us. Exactly, and yeah. So stay tuned for more episodes here um, in the future where we talk about current affairs issues and trends in Asia and also mm-hmm. their impact on the global world which is very important and also once more thank you for, thank you for staying with <laughs> us here with Asiatic Affairs and this is Narratives of Asia. Yes thank you.